0: You have just entered the Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence. Here he is, author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy veteran and your host, Peter Seraphine. Hello and welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse for Friday, June 12th, 2020. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Yesterday, for Thursday the 11th, Mike Phillip of American Uck Radio asked me to fill in for him on his show, so I uh, I did. I, I recorded a show for American Uck Radio on the Mojo Five O radio network, which I am proud to be affiliated with in any way, shape, or form. So, what I'm going to do for the Liberty Lighthouse this week is I'm going to uh, post yesterday's American Uck Radio. So, here you go. Enjoy! Hello, fellow patriots and freedom fighters. Welcome to American Uck Radio. I'm Peter Serafine. Unfortunately, Mike Phillip is dealing with technical difficulties. I have the honor, the privilege, and pleasure of filling in for him today and you'll get Leprechaun tomorrow for Rock Friday. So uh, Mike, hopefully, will have enough time to get his technical difficulties straightened out and be back with us on Monday. You can uh, go to Americanuck.com for all the news updates and anything that I reference in this show, I'm going to see that we don't have it posted up there Support Mike and all that he does. He needs your help right now. The uh, technical difficulties that he's having involves him having to buy some new equipment. So while you go to americanuckradio.com, a $10 donation will uh, get you a song played on Rock Friday with Leprechaun and, uh, you know, be a Dr. Glidden subscriber and, you know, order some supplements, help a brother out. So, like I said, my name's Peter, host of the Liberty Lighthouse podcast. My shtick, my reason for my show is to protect American liberties. That's right. I am uh, coming to you from the south side of the American-Canadian border, below the parallel that Mike is normally above. So, uh, you Canadian listeners, sorry, I don't really have a whole lot of what's going on up there, but... uh, you know, stick around. You might like it. You can find me normally just about anywhere you get your podcasts. That's, uh, you know, Spreaker, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, or go to liberty-lighthouse.com. So today I have a few things I want to talk about. Uh, well, let's see. We've got some silly stuff having to do with with the uh, defunding police, which is, you know, just what it's I said, silly, as well as uh, a, a judge stepping in and doing some good things in Virginia. And in the second segment, I'm going to talk about uh, a gun rights rally that I attended just uh, Monday, Monday the 8th, here in my home state of Pennsylvania, the State of Independence. So I think we should start out with the defunding police idea, because that's just ridiculousness in my personal opinion, and especially when you consider who's trying to do it. So the defund police movement has uh, jumped from the local municipal level where you know police actually are and is now being considered at the federal level here in the uh, good old United States of America there are several congressional committees being formed they're talking about banning specific holds and making it easier to sue police and all kinds of things on a federal level now i personally have a problem with that just right out the right out the gate i like as little federal involvement as possible. Police forces and sheriff's offices are local. They're supposed to be local. We already have a national police force. It's called the FBI. We don't need all of the countless police forces all around our country to be federalized, federally regulated. Police are going to end up just like all of the businesses here in the United States, regulated to the point where they can't do their job anymore. As far as I'm concerned, federal involvement is just a bad idea. So let's look at some local things. Well, we've got uh, Portland, Oregon has already pledged to cut their police force by $7 million. Los Angeles has decided to cut theirs by $150 million. New York City and Minneapolis are considering... Uh, different reductions in their police forces. Uh, Austin, Texas is considering a hundred million dollars. I, I don't really understand the goal here. If defunding the police force is their way of trying to disband the police, police forces and, and get rid of them in their entirety, then who's going to enforce the laws? I mean, without a police force, can't we all just do whatever the heck we want? And if defunding doesn't mean disbanding then what what's the use i mean don't get me wrong i'm i'm all for cutting budgets i'm all for spending less tax dollars on just about anything but the police force is one thing that i don't understand why we're taking money from the police you want to invest in making the police better okay well that makes sense you know maybe uh invest in a little more training mental health training for example if if police can recognize mentally ill people when they approach maybe they'll handle them differently or i don't know non lethal forms of restraint and maybe investing in non lethal forms of of uh takedown like I don't know, like the taser but maybe there's something better than the taser i don't know all of those things take money so taking money away from the police force doesn't make any sense at all to me. And, well, taking the money away from the police force in certain situations doesn't make any sense either. Chicago, for example, is considering cutting its police force. And according to the Chicago Sun-Times, Sunday, this just this past Sunday, was the most deadly day in six decades with 18 murders. In 85 shootings over the weekend. 25 people dead over the past weekend. And Chicago wants to consider cuts to their spending on the police. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I really just don't get the defund the police movement at all. Like, What's the end goal? What's the new thing going to look like if it's not a police department as we recognize it today? Well, they have to have somebody out there enforcing the laws. So what is that new thing going to be? And maybe, just maybe, you should consider designing, developing, figuring out what that new thing is before you start cutting all the money from your local police forces. The one thing that I do know that defunding police definitely does mean to you and I, the American patriot citizens, that means buy more ammo buy more guns, buy more ammo, because without police, civil unrest isn't just going to go away. Speaking of that civil unrest, do you really think that right in the middle of civil unrest, right in the middle of looting and, and riots, is the best time to plan on defunding your police? Or, you know, Minneapolis City Council actually did say that they want to dismantle the police, not just defund. They actually used the word dismantle. It's been reported in the New York Times and on Fox News. And, you know, defunding the police has basically become a far left mantra. It's their new slogan. It's but Minneapolis decided to go one step further. They actually used the term dismantle. I don't know if that is the plan for all of these places that are cutting the funding to their police, but like I said, buy more guns, buy more ammo. If there aren't going to be a police out there, you need to be able to protect yourself. And don't forget, the same people who are calling to defund the police are the ones who want to take your guns. They're all the ones who have these uh, gun control agendas. And, well, Hollywood joins right in. We all remember, it had to have been you know, 15, 20 years ago now, I forget, a uh, long time, when E.T. was re-released, and they airbrushed out all of the guns in the E.T. movie. Remember the the E.T. goes flying with Elliot on the bike, If you watch the new version of that, when he goes flying up over the police cars, instead of all these police sitting there with rifles hiding behind their cars, they're now sitting there with walkie-talkies. Well, Elmer Fudd just reported in the New York Post that Warner Brothers is going to remove the rifle from Elmer Fudd. Because, you know, that's important all of the other cartoon violence can stay you know the anvil that falls on the roadrunner that's okay but elmer fudd having a rifle that's taboo we've got to take that out of our children's cartoons in the same line but not exactly uh, another hollywood stunt hbo has decided to pull gone with the wind and it will no longer air it because of its depiction of black people. Uh, Okay, That that's that like when Disney, at Walt Disney World, when they, in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, originally the pirates were chasing the women around the town, but, you know, too many people were offended, so now they've got it so that the women are chasing the pirates with brooms uh, It's just silly optic stuff, but it's all subtle conditioning because you don't need a gun, therefore Elmer Fudd doesn't need a gun. And after we take all of your guns, what are you going to do when somebody breaks into your house? Oh, call the police. Oh, wait, we just got rid of the police. Hmm, what do you do now? The more this stuff goes on, the more I think that this really is the ultimate plan is to uh, get rid of the police departments and get all of your guns and make the federal government swoop in and fix everything and thereby grab more power. So, Get rid of the police department, and then when crime goes up in your town, well, then the federal government has to come in and fix everything. I've already said, I don't like federal involvement. I don't like the fact that the federal government is even having committee meetings about changing policing or mandating anything having to do with the police departments. Do you really think that I want the federal government coming into my town and being the police? Absolutely not. So not only are we trying to defund the police and take your guns, we're also doing things to make police just quit. Did you all see Buffalo? I'm sorry, I'm sure you saw that, that video where the uh, 75-year-old man was pushed by a cop and he fell backwards and cracked his head on the concrete. Bad thing. Shouldn't have happened. But The guy should have been listening. They were obviously trying to get him to move, and he chose not to. One of the cops shoved him. He's 75 years old. Maybe you didn't have to shove him. But whatever. The guy falls, cracks his head open, he's suspended. Now there's this big investigation. I think two of them were suspended. So the DA announces an investigation into the incident, and what happens? Fifty-seven of Buffalo's police officers resign or take early retirement. I don't know how big of a police department Buffalo has, but I suspect that 57 officers resigning is a pretty big chunk of their uh, force that just quit. Okay, I think that might be enough for the defund police thing right now. Final word of uh, wisdom, final piece of advice regarding defunding police departments, buy more guns, buy more ammo. Yeah, it's pretty simple. A bit of good news, Governor Northam Virginia Governor Northam, or as I refer to him as Governor McBlackface, you remember Governor Northam, right? The governor who can't remember if he was the one in blackface or if he was the one in the Klan robe in his medical school yearbook. Now, if you can't remember if you were in blackface or in the Klan robe, that suggests that you have done both at some point. That's probably not a good look for a governor. But those lefties in northern Virginia, in, around the D.C. area, well, they don't seem to mind that he's either blackface or, or costumed Klansman. They don't care. They love him to death because he's one of them. He's the on the far left of the political spectrum. He recently did a bit of virtue signaling, and he said that the Robert E. Lee monument just had to come down immediately. Now, if you know, and if you've ever seen this monument, it is a a mounted sculpture of Robert E. Lee on a horse, and it is on top of a massive pedestal in the middle of the park. It is a beautiful piece of art, and it has sat in that exact location for a hundred years. And Governor Blackface McNortham wants it taken down as soon as possible. Well, a judge has stepped in and said that Governor McBlackface doesn't have the authority to do that. He can't take down the Lee Monument. But some of his leftist counterparts on the streets, well, they took it a step further. They decided that since they couldn't get the the Robert E. Lee memorial, that they were going to go after a statue of Columbus in Richmond. They took ropes to it and they pulled it down. Then they set it on fire and then they rolled it into a lake. I'm really confused by this personally. I thought all of these riots and protests were about uh, Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, brutal police brutality. What did Christopher Columbus have to do with Black Lives Matter and or police brutality? Can anyone explain that to me? Because I'm really at a loss. I don't get it at all. Have they expanded the causality of the riots to now include anything that they find offensive? Is that what's going on? If that's the case, we're all in trouble because... Uh, it's becoming more and more obvious that those on the left side of the political aisle, especially on the far left of the political aisle, are really easily offended by just about everything. You know something I learned when I was really young? You can't be offended if you don't let things offend you. You, my friend, you have the control over your own emotions. You choose whether or not to be offended. If a statue offends you, you might want to seek professional help. If a statue of a man who died about 500 years ago offends you, you really need to seek professional help. I think we have reached a point in our society where progress is no longer progress. And to be honest with you, that idea that progress is no longer progress is what uh, got me involved in politics in the first place a little over a year ago. I got so frustrated with uh, Progressive Society that I wrote a short book, and it's called Progress? Really? You can find it at liberty-lighthouse.com, click on the Books tab. And uh, if you want it, it's like six bucks on Amazon, 99 cents in an ebook, Or if you sign up to be a member at liberty-lighthouse.com, you can uh, download it from the file shares page for free. But anyways, sorry about all that. Um, the whole idea is that progress is no longer progress in society, in government. Either way, we have taken progress way too far and are starting to backpedal. And I'm really starting to believe that almost all of this, almost everything, every crisis that we've dealt with so far in 2020, is is completely manufactured by our media. I'm sure there are people out there that that get what I'm saying. You know, we had the, the Mueller investigation that led to the to the impeachment, which didn't go anywhere. And That as soon as impeachment was like officially over with. Uh, Within a couple of days, we had the COVID-19 Wuhan flu. Ah, we're all going to die. And then once we, the people, started to uh, express our uh, desire to get back to work and to get our lives back and started to show that we were no longer afraid of the Wuhan flu, then we had the murder hornets, you know, five murder hornets in Washington or whatever it was. And that story didn't grab the attention. So Murder Hornets didn't create the headlines that our news media needs to feed its ginormous ego. So then they uh, went on, what's next? What's next? Then this horrible tragedy with George Floyd happens, and it turns into worldwide protests. And, okay, I admit, it was bad. That cop was bad. He was wrong. I don't think there's a handful of people in the world that would disagree with that. So why the protests? I think the protests came about because the media just kept stirring. Anybody remember the name Tony Timka? Tony Timka called the police because he thought uh, he was a he was scared. I think he was having a psychotic break. And it was uh, in Dallas in 2016. And the police came... And the police had to restrain Tony. And they put Tony in handcuffs face down on the ground. And they leaned on him for 14 minutes until Tony was unconscious. Then the police were there, joked about whether or not they should wake up Tony for school. Nobody checked his pulse. Nobody checked to see if he was breathing. And Tony Timka died. Tony Timka is a name that I didn't remember. I don't remember seeing that in the news. And I certainly don't remember it being a a uh, weeks-long news story because Tony was white. The news media couldn't use the death of a white guy at the hands of the police to incite outrage in We the People. The news media needs to get emotion from us. It's it's their only goal anymore. It's not even about news. It's about getting emotion out of we, the people that watch the news. And a white guy getting killed by cops doesn't doesn't evoke the same emotion as a black guy getting killed by a white cop. So it didn't get the same airtime. Now, I understand the idea that the Black Lives Matter groups have. I understand that these protests are happening because the people protesting feel that our police target black folk. It may or may not be true. I don't know. I'm a white guy. I honestly can't say yes, it happens or no, it doesn't. They have this grievance. They're protesting. That's what happens. That's a great thing. Protesting is fabulous. But when the protests turn into looting and rioting, or when the protesters are joined by looters and rioters, that we have a problem there. And the fact that uh, I think the last count I saw was 18 people have died in this looting and robbing. Well over half of those 18 people we're black. So I don't understand why we're not seeing news coverage of them. Why, if, if Black Lives Matter, if every black life is so precious, then why aren't these 18 people or the black members of these 18 people that were killed, why aren't they getting massive news stories? Why hasn't Black Lives Matter added the names of the black people killed in the riots, to their uh, protests? Why, why aren't their names on there along with George Floyd? How about the people killed in Chicago, the 18 murders over the weekend, most of which were black people killed by other black people? Why isn't that being added to the existing protests for George Floyd? Can, does anybody have an answer? I know I don't have that answer. I have a theory or two that I've kicked around a few times. One of them is, I honestly think that somebody out there, somebody with some control and some manipulation, is honestly trying to start a race war in our country. I, I really do. I think they're trying to start a race war. Again, because if they start a race war then the government has to sweep in and save everyone and every time the government sweeps in and saves everyone from anything the government gets more power our government doesn't care about anything but its own power and control that's it every regulation they write is to control something every department that they make is to control something question that i've often asked Uh, On my show, the Liberty Lighthouse, if there are only 30 or so enumerated powers listed in the U.S. Constitution, then why are there over 400 federal agencies and departments? If the Constitution says they can only do 30 things, why do they need 400 departments to do that? Because our government wants to grow. That's it. They just want to keep growing. And the states have just allowed the government to keep growing. And I honestly do believe that somewhere, whether it's actually officially part of the government or whether it's just the news media, happens to be working in the same idea as the government, I really am starting to believe that these things are being done. These riots and looting is is occurring because somebody... Wants to start a race war. You know who else wanted to start a race war? I can't take credit for this. I heard this on another radio show the other day. But it made sense to me, so I'm going to use it. Who else wanted to start a race war? Charles Manson. Remember, Helter Skelter was his his shtick. Race war, never a good thing. And if Charlie Manson was trying to do it, then whoever's trying to do it now... Well, obviously, isn't any better than Charles Manson. If there is someone out there or some group out there trying to start a race war, well, that brings me back to the same bit of advice that I had for defunding the police: buy more ammo, buy more guns and ammo. Especially, let's see, we got a race, we've got somebody trying to start race wars, and when somebody else, maybe even the same people trying to get rid of police departments. Again, buy more ammo. If you've got answers for any of these questions that I'm proposing, if you think you know who it is trying to start race wars, put it in the American Knock Radio MeWe chat room. I'll be there. If you have a clue as to what the defund the police movement is really going to do, put it in the MeWe chat room. I'd love to hear these comments. I want to see them. What is the police force going to look like after you take all their money away? What newfangled thing is going to come out when the police force, as we know it today, is gone? I don't know. But uh, we're coming up on break time here. So I'm going to go get myself a uh, a cup of American Pride Roasters coffee. And uh, when we come back... What we're going to do is I'm going to play you some of the sound bites that I recorded man-on-the-street-style interviews at the June 8th Second Amendment Rally in Harrisburg. A rally that was officially canceled, but roughly 200 of us showed up to it anyway. And uh, I walked around with my mic plugged into my phone. Gotta, you know, probably should apologize early for the sound quality. Some of them aren't great, but some people said some good things And, uh, I want to share. That's what I do. We'll be back in, uh, just a minute. Let me tell you why I chose Anchor to host my podcast. First, it's free. It's one of the few hosts I found that really is free. They have all the tools that you need. You can make your podcast on a computer or you can download their free app and make edits and uploads straight from your phone. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast... I say, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back to American Uc Radio. As you can tell, in case you just joined us, I am not Mike Phillip. I am Peter Seraphine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse podcast, gladly and nervously sitting in the seat for Mike while he recovers from technical problems. If you head over to AmericanUckRadio.com. Uh, Hopefully, Radar has links to all the news stories that I referenced in the first segment. This second segment is, uh, well, I'm going to tell you all about a a Second Amendment rally that I went to in Harrisburg on Monday the 8th. So, here's the deal. There's this annual rally in the Harrisburg at the Capitol building here in Pennsylvania. It's put on by uh, GOA, the Gun Owners of America, and it's an every-year thing. For some reason... This year's was postponed, about a week beforehand. Now, I saw all over the Twitterverse that there was simultaneously a Black Lives Matter protest scheduled, same time, same place. Now, could that have been why the Second Amendment rally was canceled? I don't know. The official reason that was given was that there had been credible threats made. So, you know, out of an abundance of caution, the Second Amendment rally was canceled. However, I went anyway. had no idea what to expect. When I got there, there was about 200 people there. That's pretty small for a Second Amendment rally in Pennsylvania. But 200 people that decided to go to a rally that had officially been canceled... I don't know. That seems pretty good to me. The reason that I find it so suspicious that it was cancelled under credible threat guise is that our governor, Governor Wolf, or as I refer to him, Der Fuhrer Wolf, he marched in a Black Lives Matter protest just last week. And he is uh, one of the governors that really wants gun control. I mean, he has proposed that we all have to register every individual gun that we have, go through another background check for everyone, pay a $10 registration fee for every gun every year. He's also suggested uh, uh, ammunition, like getting licensed in order to buy ammunition and only being able to buy the types of ammunition for the guns that you have registered. And anyway, he's, he's not a big fan of the Second Amendment movement does seem to be a big fan of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, then I find out after the uh, Second Second Amendment rally was, was postponed, that Black Lives Matter thing was scheduled at the same time. Hmm. That just seems a little fishy to me. Anyway, before I get into the audio that I recorded at the rally, I want to stop, pause right here for just a minute, And I want to say thank you to Mr. Mike Phillips for giving me the opportunity to uh, sit in in this chair and and uh, fill in for him. I have wanted to be on Mojo Five O well for a couple of months now. I actually record my own podcast in the uh, Mojo Five O time format because I was hoping that one day somebody might just say, "Hey, we need an hour to fill and grab one of my shows and fill it." But this is even better. I get to sit in. For Mike Phillip on American Huck Radio. Now, thank yous out of the way. Genuine, honest, sincere thank you, Mike. Now let's get into some of the audio that I recorded. Today is Monday, June eighth. I have just arrived at uh, the Harrisburg Capitol Building uh, at ten forty five. I was able to park right on State Street, like two blocks from the Capitol. <laughs> So, uh, turnout for this thing must not be that great. As I walk, maybe I'll start the scene. Just uh, for visual, I am wearing a white Liberty Lighthouse t-shirt, walking with a 9mm semi-auto on my belt, and then my uh, M91 Mosin Nagant with bayonet fixed as I walk to the Capitol building. I am less than a block away from the Capitol. And I see a hundred people, maybe. Much smaller gathering than last time I was here. But keep in mind, this event was officially canceled. If you don't know the M91 Mosin nagant let me give you a little bit of a, a visual for this. I am six foot two inches tall. And an M91 Mosin nagant which by the way is 103 years old, uh, with the bayonet on it, is... You know, almost as tall as I am. I'd say it's like 5'10", or something like that, when it's all put together. Walking to the Capitol building, I came across three police officers. One of them hollered out, Fix bayonets! As I walked by, another one started asking me about the gun, and took my picture with it. Uh, it's a pretty cool sight. One of the first people that I spoke to was Dan. Let's listen. Why would you come to a rally that was officially canceled? And Dan's answer was because it was officially canceled. <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Uh, did anybody read why it was canceled? Anybody? An, incredible An incredible threat. threat. What was it? What? A threat they wouldn't share with us. A credible threat that wouldn't be shared. Yeah, that's a little funny, huh? Anyway, anybody else have anything they want to say before I stop recording here? A country wouldn't be here without fighting a credible threat. Good point. Personally, I think that was a great point. We exist as the United States of America because we stood up to tyranny. And, well, here we are again. So the next person I came across was Christian, and uh, here's what Christian had to say. I just asked Christian uh, why he was here after the uh, event was officially canceled, so let's hear what he has to say. Uh, the reason people are here—they they canceled the original rally. Um, our gun rights have been under attack for quite some time in this state. Uh, so and this is an annual thing. I mean, we do this every year. We come out here. So, it, it, especially in light of what's going on and everything, with the, the civil unrest and the news and going on, I mean, people feel the need to be able to protect themselves, and so. Any threats that you know would be steered that way to some towards somebody's ability to be able to protect themselves. You know, it's going to get people out in the streets. You know, and it's, I agree. This is this is their First Amendment right to assemble peacefully. Everybody here's peaceful. Nobody here's causing trouble. You we know, couldn't ask for a better day. Did you know that Pennsylvania was the first state to uh, declare the, the right of the people to keep arms? Yes. 1776, even before there was the uh, the Articles of the Confederation, the state of Pennsylvania said our people can have guns. Some of the first militias in the country stood up right here in PA. Exactly. Not only were the people peaceably assembled, I gotta say, you know, I went to the to the reopen PA rally a few weeks ago. And the people at this one, this this uh, Second Amendment rally, were nicer visibly. And I say that because at the reopened PA rally, there were people that were selling bottles of water, lots of merchandise for sale, lots of Trump 2020 flags and hats and all that kind of stuff. But I was uh, was talking to somebody and a, a person came over and said, hey, does anybody have bottled water for sale? Because there were a few people with coolers. And I don't know, three different people were like, oh, you can have one. So they're like giving away bott- cold bottles of water rather than trying to turn a profit. And I just thought that was a nice gesture. In my walkings around at the show, I did come across uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano and uh, asked him a question. That was the question I had for you, Senator, was what is the official reason that this thing was canceled? Uh, Is this what I was told? You know, from internal emails, there was a credible threat. So even the state senator got fed the line of a credible threat. And we actually went on a little longer and talked, but uh, other people kept jumping in, and the sound was really bad. I can't play it for you, but uh, it it was just credible threat. That was the only thing anything anybody said, even to state senators. I have to say, Senator Mastriano was uh, was also at the reopen PA rally, and I spoke to him then as well. Um, he is a really seems to be an honest to goodness conservative, and. I like to see that in politicians. Okay, so while I'm here, I'm walking around this rally, I'm seeing a whole lot of people that are in camo and carrying uh, so-called assault weapons, you know, the the AR-15 style of guns. And a lot of them look like they belong to the local militia here, the uh, Pennsylvania Lightfoot Militia. I mean, many of them were. I don't know if, they, if all of them that were dressed that way were or not. But there was also a few other fellas. There was one guy who was in a, uh, a fedora and a jacket, like a blazer, you know, a suit coat, carrying an M1 Garant with bayonet fixed like he's, on, uh, like he's on watch, like at right shoulder arms. He carried it like that the whole time. I never saw him put it over his shoulder on the sling. He carried it right shoulder arms the whole time. I really wanted to talk to him, but so did everybody else. Every time I even got close to him, somebody else was talking to him. Another guy I saw was Frederick. Frederick catch, it catches everybody's eye because Frederick was here uh, June 8th, 90 degree heat, blazing sun while wearing a wool World War One German soldiers uniform. All right, well I came over to talk to Frederick, right? Frederick, you're wearing a, is it World War One? World War I. Wool, is that li- really wool? Yeah, feel it. Feel it oh my God it is. So he's wearing a World War One German uniform and I have to know why would you wear wool in this sun? Well, you know, reenactors are all about dedication and as part of dedication, you know, you gotta, fit the bill for it you know you got to do what they did exactly to a tease for full authenticity standards and well you know i figured mm. it's a good event to show up to as a second amendment rally because yeah, so, gun laws affect reenactors yeah. too and you know it's Lee's bad i yeah. the leader of the reenactment regiment your first name brandon brandon okay so uh, what's the rifle uh this is a uh, geberra model 1898 it's uh, dated 1915 from the Spandau Arsenal. It's also been modified with a extended reproduction trench magazine to bring up 25 shots, as well as a reproduction Model 9805 new model bayonet. So what? You came out to a Second Amendment rally that was officially canceled, wearing full-on World War One wool. I, I got. I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, who dares wins. <laughs> Very good. That's dedication. I mean, he had to have lost five, ten pounds in the in the couple hours that he was there. That's crazy. But uh, his closing statement: "Who dares wins." Great sentiment, if you ask me. I think that's great. The guy in the middle there that that uh, I forgot his name already, who uh, who chimed up, and it sounded really muffled. He was wearing a, a gas mask. And actually, he was saying that the reason he was wearing a gas mask is because there's so many people out there that think that the uh, conservative folks, the, the right wing, the, the gun nuts, well, they're not taking coronavirus seriously. So he actually went through and explained the, the filter cartridge on his gas mask and the fact that it was basically two N95 filters with activated charcoal between them. So, I mean, well, I guess he's not going to catch the the Wuhan flu while he's at a gun rally. And there was a third reenactor there as well, who was wearing a a uh, full-on gas mask uh, from the U.S. arsenal. He he said what version, but I forgot, and I've already uh, lost that audio. I'm sorry. Terrible host that I am. This next clip, I forgot to get this fellow's name. He was talking to Senator Mastriano when I asked the senator uh, what the official reason was. The senator gave his answer that, you know, credible threat. Well, this is uh, this person's reply. Yeah, they, they, they didn't explain you. where that threat came from or who it came We don't know who it came from. Well, fantastic. If somebody said down the road they were going to hurt me, I'm not going to take them as a credible. Come, come make it. Because the fact of the matter is, is all these guys, well, yeah, they have the right to yeah. protest and we have the right to assemble this as they do. But the fact of the matter is, they're out there protesting throwing rocks sure. at people. Come throw rocks at us. Yeah. I guess I'm not the only one who wasn't buying the credible threat argument for shutting down a Second Amendment rally. All right. The last one that I have, the last clip from my man on the street interviews at the Second Amendment rally was Dino. Now, what's really funny is when I got home and I started to look at some of the news footage of this, this uh, event, well, Dino was one of the people on the local news getting interviewed there too, so I guess I know how to pick my subjects. All right, so here's Dino. Dino, why did you uh, decide that it was important enough to come to a rally that has officially been canceled? Because they officially don't tell us what to do. <laughs> That's a great answer. I like that. <laughs> Um, so we are here at the reopen PA rally, or not sorry, wrong rally. We're at the uh, Second Amendment rally. But reopen is later, I think. Today? Yeah. Really? Well, we might have to stick around. Anyway, um, there's only like 200 people here, which is still that's 200 people that chose to come out to a rally that was officially canceled, right? That's, yeah. they they can say every behind every blade of grass. I don't see that. No, I don't see it right now, no. Let me pause it right there just to clarify. In case you don't know, just the uh, behind every blade of grass comment, that was attributed to uh, Admiral Yamamoto in World War II. Supposedly, the Japanese did not want to invade the mainland United States because Admiral Yamamoto uh, thought that there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass on the U.S. mainland. Now, continue on, Dino. They don't really care about our rights per se. They don't understand if this doesn't happen that they lose that privilege. Right. And it's not a privilege, it's I, a right. I've said many times on the show the First Amendment is what makes us Americans, the Second Amendment is what keeps us American. Absolutely, without a doubt. Anything you want to add? Maybe a, a message directly to the governor or anything like that, Dino? God, oh, our governor. All right, I'm going to bleep that out, but it'll still be there. Thanks for your time, Dino. Right. Dino's sentiment regarding our governor there, Governor Wolf, that, uh, well, that's a pretty common sentiment at, at that rally and a pretty common sentiment in our state, actually. The, the news media reports that Governor Wolf has received, you know, 76% approval ratings or something like that, but I don't know who they're asking. Maybe they're asking his family and his staff because everybody I talk to thinks that he's fouled everything up. So uh, F Governor Wolf, like Dino said, is is a common, common phrase in Pennsylvania right now. Impeach Wolf is way up there, too. So that's all the audio I got that's really worth sharing. Most of it was really bad quality, lots of background noise, people talking over each other. Um I had a lot better luck at the reopen PA rally a few weeks ago. If you like these man on the street type interview things, uh, you know, go to the Liberty Lighthouse podcast and go back to the reopen PA rally episode, and uh, that one was a lot more fun. I especially suggest that you go and listen to that episode and find where I talk to Brinley. Brinley was an eight-year-old little girl who was holding a sign that said orders are not laws. So I approached Brindley and I asked her if she understood what her sign meant. And she explained it to me better than most adults could do. And that was impressive to me. So then I had to talk to mom and tell mom I was proud of her because that's civics and that's parenting. And she certainly did not learn that in uh, the public school system. Back to the Second Amendment stuff, though. Um. yeah, buy more guns, buy more ammo. I think I've said that once or twice already today. Still holds true now. There weren't nearly as many people at this rally, and the people that were there, well, a lot of them just didn't seem to want to talk in a whole microphone. As a matter of fact, I had to coax Dino into talking to me. Makes me wonder, did I talk to him first and ease him up for the news, the TV news reporter, or did the TV news reporter talk to him first and loosen them up a little bit for me. I'm not sure which way way it went, but I have a lot of fun doing those things, so I'm going to keep track of those uh, rallies going on in Harrisburg, and any of them that interest me, I might just keep doing. Got to figure out how to get a little better sound quality there, though. Like all Second Amendment rallies, it was calm. It was peaceful. It was respectful, and I posted that on Twitter. Uh, You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter if you like, it's at P. Seraphine, P. S. E. R. E. F. I. N. E. Anyway, I posted that it was uh, peaceful and respectful, and I had somebody uh, well started to argue with me a little bit about it, and I thought that was kind of funny because remember the huge rally in Virginia when Governor Northam was trying to do you know every gun law imaginable all at the same time when thousands of people descended upon richmond from all over the country that was peaceful that was respectful and when it was over the protesters cleaned up after themselves i don't see uh, our friends on the left side of the political aisle doing that after their rallies but we seem to do it on ours and i'm i'm proud of that we need to keep that up so if you go to these rallies clean up after yourselves be nice be calm, be respectful, and let's keep it going that way. We need to keep our guns, and in order to keep our guns, we need to keep going to these types of rallies. Our governors and government are trying to restrict our guns. You all up in Canada, I, I uh, heard Mike say about, you know, abandoning the so called assault weapon, which is, you know, whatever, assault weapon, made up term. To uh, refer to anything that they think looks scary, I had a funny story about that. I, I I think I put this in my book. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. The Winchester 1907 came out in 1907, 113 years ago. It was a semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine. Uh, And that magazine was available in up to 15-round capacity, like from the manufacturer when you bought it. And it was 1907. So you could buy it through the Sears catalog simply by mailing in a check. No background checks. No even age check or anything. You sent in an order form and a check, and a rifle showed up in the mail. A lot of people refer to these AR 15s as assault weapons and anything semi automatic with detachable magazines as assault weapons. What's what bullet does an AR 15 shoot? A 223, right? So that's like, you know, a 22 caliber bullet with, uh, with more gunpowder behind it or thereabouts. You know, it's an approximation. You know what bullet the Winchester 1907 fired? A Winchester 351. Now, in an end-of-the-world zombie apocalypse or tyranny government takeover civil war or any situation where you really have to defend yourself, which would you rather have? A semi-automatic rifle that shoots a Winchester 351 or something that shoots a uh, really super-fast twenty two? I'd rather have the Winchester. So it's not about, I and mean, anybody who knows anything about guns knows that the so called assault weapon is all about how scary it looks. There's nothing about it that makes it more deadly. Most laws, most states, whoever tries to define an assault weapon, it's any weapon that has a pistol grip or a detachable magazine or a forward grip or a barrel shroud or a flash suppressor or a folding stock or any of those things like any two of those things together or something like that none of those things have anything to do with how deadly that gun is that's all about you know how it looks and maybe how it feels in your hands doesn't make it shoot any faster doesn't make it more accurate just it's scary looking i guess because it looks like something the military would use then uh it, you don't need it as a civilian oh wow i i just remembered one more recording from from the uh 2a rally that i almost forgot to include and it's one of my favorites it's uh it's from a guy named john so listen to this okay so i just approached john john has a sign that says 2a rights are black rights and i love that and actually uh the the uh Black citizens of our country were one of the first to really take advantage of the Second Amendment. Um, so, loved the sign. Came up to see John, and John said, "I originally came out to uh, for the Black Lives Matter that was supposed to be today, uh, but uh, I was surprised to come up upon a bunch of a bunch of gun owners. Which there was a two-way rally scheduled originally, but that was." Announced to be postponed, um, and I figured I, I already had a day off work, so I might as well come down for the, uh, the Black Lives Matter rally. So you went home and grabbed a couple of guns and came back. No, no, I uh, I was I was going to show up armed anyway. Oh, so you were coming to the Black Lives Matter rally armed, armed with the, defend, with that same sign. Yep, yep, awesome. That that's awesome. The guy you know made lemonade from lemons, and uh, the reason I remembered that audio is I said about the, uh, the person I got into an argument with on Twitter, well, one of the things that that person said to me was, admit it, it's white privilege, meaning gun rights are a, well, white privilege. Well, you obviously don't know your history. Like, as soon as slavery was over, the, the uh, Republicans were urging the former slaves and urging black people to buy guns. To protect themselves, to ward off the clan. I mean, 2 a rights have no color? I've never seen a Second Amendment rally that was completely white. There's always people of color at these. And if you think gun rights are a white privilege, well, you need a little education. And uh, while you're at it, learn that AR does not stand for assault rifle; it stands for Armalite and that uh, assault weapons are a made-up term by people that want to ban your guns. Anyway, I've only got about a minute and a half left here on American Uck Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Mike Phillip, for letting me uh, fill in for you. I greatly appreciate that. Don't forget that uh, tomorrow is Rock Friday. The Leprechaun will be hosting... And a ten dollar donation at AmericanuckRadio.com gets your requested song played guaranteed. While you're at AmericanuckRadio.com, check out Dr. Glidden. Maybe become a subscriber. Maybe buy yourself some supplements for that holistic feeling. You know, ditch your MD. Go holistic. Sounds like a good idea to me. Coming up next here on the Mojo50, we got right now with Jim Dawes. And I'm Peter Seraphine, filling in for Mike Phillip. If you like hearing my perspective on the world, please check out the Liberty Lighthouse podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Mike should be back on Monday, presuming that he can get his uh, technical issues all fixed up. That's it for me. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America.